a shorthanded chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Wah gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Wah gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, welcome back to the VGK Insider Show. Uh, Darren has uh, left for the afternoon. He'll be back with us on Monday. Ryan is out at uh, Finley Volkswagen in the Valley Auto Mall, and uh, he is experiencing some technical glitches. So you got Chapman rolling with you right now, a, a little unexpectedly, was not anticipating having to, uh, to, to, to to open up the second hour of the show. But uh, I'll do the best I can until we get Ryan re, re, uh, reconnected here. But uh, tough, tough loss for the Golden Knights last night. Um, I think a very disappointing end to the season would, would, would probably be the best way to put it, and I think we do have Ryan back. So, uh, Ryan, are you? Can you hear me? Okay, I'm here, buddy. All I right. am down here at Finley Volkswagen in the Valley Auto Mall. Um, you know, I think I think the internet is is certainly under a lot of pressure. Maybe the same amount of pressure that the Golden Knights have been under over the last couple of weeks down in the regular season, uh, but the internet today is under a lot of pressure because of the NFL draft here in Las Vegas. Uh, we, are, we, All of our stations have been out and about around town uh, doing our thing, broadcasting live. So uh, we will do and I will do my absolute best to make sure that we are on the air uh, the rest of the way here from Finley Volkswagen in, in the Valley Auto Mall. Uh, great vehicles, test drives going out left and right. Just a fantastic place to come down and want to look into cars get down here to Finley Volkswagen once again in the Valley Auto Mall. Uh, so Chris Chapman, listen, I, we are in a unique situation and it's a new situation. This does not happen often. Uh, it hasn't happened often for the Vegas Golden Knights where this team has been eliminated from playoff contention by virtue of simultaneously losing the shootout last night and Dallas losing in overtime last night. So uh, how do you distill kind of that moment, those moments leading up to uh, the conclusion of the Golden Knights game and the conclusion of the Dallas Stars game? Well, the the, the entire two and a half hours, I think, was a um, – what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, was, it was a stress test, so to speak, <laughs> um, because I think – for for everybody here in the valley who who I guess outside of people who are Dallas Star fans who may have moved here from that that part of the country, the the, the entire valley was glued to two games taking place in the NHL last night. Obviously the Golden Knights game and then the one taking place at American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, where the Golden Knights were mm-hmm. the night before. I think for me, and and maybe I speak for a lot of people when I say that once Dallas got up to that early lead, my my thoughts were it really didn't matter what the Golden Knights did because I just did not see Dallas losing that game in regulation, especially when they were up three nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, full credit to the Coyotes for not totally folding and giving up and just going home, yeah, and and just allowing the Stars to crush them. 
they showed a lot of professional pride in coming back and sending that game to overtime. And, you know, I, I, I think there's probably a lot of guys on that roster who are playing for their futures in the NHL. And that's something that we often can't overlook. But I think for me, I kind of checked out midway through the, the, the Golden Knights game when I saw that it was 3 nothing in favor of Dallas. And I said, all right, there is zero chance that the Stars lose this game in regulation. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, Arizona's probably not coming back. So the fact that they came back was surprising. But once they got to, once it was tied 3-3 in the third, I figured Dallas would shut things down and they would just play to go to overtime. And I didn't, I didn't get to the game, but, you know, I, I think as I was watching the Golden Knights game, my my thoughts were, all right, well, this is going to be a very, very disappointing end to the night regardless of what happens. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately it turned out that way. But I'll be totally honest. When I walked out of T-Mobile Arena on Sunday night, I, I usually walk out with the same couple of people and I told them, you know what, I'll I'll see you guys at Aces games because there was there there was a feeling of this was it when when I walked out of T Mobile on Sunday night and, and I don't know how many fans felt that way. I'm sure there were a lot of people in the building who felt that way. That it was just a really awkward, kind of strange night too, because um you you had the, the for the first time in four years the team did the, the 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 end of the awards or end of the season awards, and it was following a game that kind of deflated your entire season. So it, it was a strange kind of thing, and you could tell that some of the players were, were were not happy about having to be there. But but Ryan, last night was was just a strange night. For me, for me, it was definitely a a, a weird kind of evening. Um, you know, it was just one of those things where, where for me, I'm I'm not a fan, even though Taryn calls me a fan. I think I do speak for the fans because I, I, I kind of have always been a, a huge sports fan. And, and, you know, going back to being a kid, and, and it doesn't matter what sport it was, but I think I've just become accustomed to disappointment in the sports teams I support. So, um, <laughs> you know, outside of Liverpool, none of my teams have really ever given me a whole lot. To, I mean, the Devils have won three cups. So I shouldn't discount that. But the Jets and the Mets have just been nothing but for heartbreak. Yeah, you can, you can discount the Devils because they did it in the most boring fashion ever. And they also haven't done it in <laughs> almost 20 years. I mean, the last cup the Devils won was, was when they beat J.S. Jaguar, and that was 2003. So mm. it, we're, we're in 2022 now. So there, there's children who have been born and are now in college who have never seen the Devils win the Stanley Cup. So I feel like that kind of qualifies as almost a lifetime ago in, in the sports world. So, uh, yeah, lo- lots of disappointment in the Chapman household growing up. So uh, my, my, I blame my father for, for, for having New York Jet season tickets and taking me to Met games when I was a kid. All right, so let's get into our game ratings, official game ratings brought to you by Nova Home Loans, the best combination of service rates and fees. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. So, Chapman, we're going to go with both games. We didn't get uh, game rating yesterday for the Dallas game, so we're going to count Vegas's loss in the shootout to the Dallas Stars and last night's loss to the Chicago Blackhawks in the shootouts as well. Um, go ahead. Give me your rating. And they're, they're both bell peppers. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Process, no process. Look, your season's on the line. And you go to Dallas, and and full credit to Dallas. I mean that Jason Robertson is really really good. Good player. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to to, to imagine, 
and and I've heard some stories about why teams passed on him, but it's crazy to think that that kid was not a first round pick, especially when you look at the bottom half of that draft and how how well unimpressive it was. Mm. Um, you know, the funny thing is Dallas got three really good players in that draft. They got Jake Ottinger, who who is their goalie, and it appears he's going to be their goalie in the playoffs. And they got Mir Haskinen. So, um, you know, aside from that. It was it was disappointing because your season's on the line and, and you're up again again you're leading in the third period and you, you can't pull out the W. Um, you know the shootout was was kind of strange, especially considering they had just lost in a shootout two nights before that. Um, you know that it, it was just disappointing to lose that way. Um, and then last night I'm I'm going Bell Pepper as well. Chicago bad team again. You never led in the game. Just entirely disappointing Taylor was it Taylor Radish is that his name yeah two goals from him um a, you know generally when you get beat by a guy who's named after a delicious vegetable by the way one of my favorite vegetables love okay. radishes but uh mm-hmm. when that guy puts up two goals on you it's not a good night well I mean Kale McCarr is named after Kale right like yeah but he spells it different eh, it's not, it's not K-A-L-E and and you know, well, I, radish was spelled with a Y, not an I. All right, close enough. But <laughs> some, sometimes Y can be a vowel. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, okay, that's fine. Um, for me, they're both bell peppers too. Like, I mean, there are certain things you can pull from both games that that you can, you know, say you you liked or um, say you looked at and you you found something from the Golden Knights. Like I did that a little bit in hour number one with Darren, where. You know, I, I like the fact that against Chicago, they, they didn't seem to let up. It, it didn't seem to be a situation where they looked at the scoreboard, saw that Dallas was up 3 to nothing, and just said, nah, whatever. Um, I, I didn't get the sense that they listened to Darren Millard yesterday in, in the pregame, in, in the, at the VGK Insider Show. So that's good. Like, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but, you know, again, when you are 0 for 17 over the course of three games in the shootout, when your goaltender allows just one in each of those shootouts, um, it's not about trying harder. I agree with Darren there. It's about finding something, anything. Um, ice conditions, poor or not, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Logan Thompson gave you literally everything that you needed in those three games to get all three extra points, and it just didn't happen. So when your season comes down to a skills competition – and the Golden Knights in all three games are the more skilled team, you have to have that come through, and it just didn't. Well, you know, and and, and the skills competition thing is, is kind of funny to me because you know what you're signing up for when you get into that, when you hey, don't win the game in, in, in overtime or regulation. So. Hey. And and I'm not I'm not saying that like I'm mad about the fact that it was a skills competition. Like I'm with you. You you know what the rules are, no, you know but what the progression I, is. I still think it's dumb. Like I don't, I don't like deciding a game that way. Yeah, I, like the shootout in like on principle, right? Like in theory, makes a lot of sense. But I think when when you get three straight games that go down to a shootout, and that's the difference between making the playoffs or or keeping those hopes alive and and not making the playoffs. I think that you you start to see kind of the shortcomings that are inherently there. Yeah, I and and I kind of you know, and and it's obviously discussion for a different time. But I would like to see. Some time of some type of change made in the point structure, mm-hmm. because I, I just feel like sometimes in the in, in the overtime teams shut it down to specifically play for the shootout, and I feel like that's a bit unfair. I think it kind of takes away from 
the fun of of the overtime. Like, look, you only get five minutes of three on three. Can we extend at least extend it to ten? Yeah, like I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that a, an extended overtime period, ten minutes, is not going to be so significant of an increase that it's going to really run teams into the ground. And you know, if that's the case, then in in three on three overtime over the course of ten minutes, play everybody. Yeah, right? like yeah. If you're worried about minute load in three on three at the end of a game, uh, then then play your fourth liners. Yeah. Like. Anybody could be a hero on a given night. Yeah, for sure, and like, and and that would add to the the idea that you're probably going to get those games to complete in that overtime period. I, I I'm with you, but the fact of the matter is, again, like my my point is, when you don't need chemistry in the shootout because you're relying on individual skill, and I think that's maybe the hardest thing for me to reconcile is that a Golden Knights team that was not able to build on that chemistry, not able to gel the way that you'd like them to because of the injuries all season long, their season is ultimately undone in a, in a, in a shootout where individual skill is supposed to be the thing that wins the day. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with you. I, I, I mean, I would, much, I, I would have preferred to see it end a different way um, look, even if you lose in overtime, I still think it's better than losing in the shootout, especially in that fashion where we're two nights in a row. You go seven guys deep and none of them put the puck in the net. Um, and, and to be honest with you, some of, some of them weren't even close. Um, I, I, I think that Logan Thompson probably is a better goalie than Kevin Lankinen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's just a bummer that he's lost three nights in a row in that same fashion. Two of them against really bad teams you know and I think that's probably the most disappointing part of all of this the Golden Knights have lost what three of their last five games and four of them have gone into overtime and one of them they just lost in regulation to a really bad team but yeah. three of them have been in a skills competition I mean save that stuff for the all-star game it, it, it's really not a fun way I think to 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 end a game and it's it's a bit I mean it is it's not anticlimactic that's for sure like my wife is watching and she's like biting her nails she's like oh my god I can't watch this is this is so intense and I'm like yeah but it's dumb <laughs> Well I'll tell you the 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 way that both of those games ended at the same time last night Dallas oh, it was and ridiculous. Arizona uh, in Vegas and and Chicago like if you're the NHL I think the only thing that you wanted in that situation was for Arizona to complete the comeback in regulation, for the Golden Knights to get the win in the shootout, and yeah. then we all get to do it all over again tomorrow. But that is not the case. As we mentioned, uh, the Golden Knights officially eliminated from playoff contention. So we'll get into our final installment of the power play to the playoffs. The VGK Insiders Power Play to the Playoffs here on Fox Sports Las Vegas is being brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas. So we know the eight teams from the Western Conference that will be in the playoffs this postseason. You've got Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, one, two, three in the Central. Uh, there can still be some movement uh, as far as two and three there. Uh, one, two, three in the Pacific. It's Calgary, Edmonton, Los Angeles right now. And then you've got Dallas and Nashville in the wild card position. So of those eight teams, Chapman, Give me two or three of your favorites. Like, give me two or three teams, or are there two or three teams that you believe can come out of the West? Well, I think I, I, I'd be absolutely out of my mind if I did not pick the Colorado Avalanche as being one of those teams. Now, I know they have not played very well as of late, 
But the reality is they've they've had a fairly substantial lead in their division, so I don't think they've had a whole lot to play for, not a whole lot of motivation. Don't think they really care about the President's Trophy. They won that last year, and it did them a lot of good. I agree. Um, I'll tell you, uh, and, I, and I hate that this team is, is playing another really good team in the first round. I really like the St. Louis Blues. Like, I feel like they've kind of slid under the radar. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got three really good lines. And Billy Huso has been phenomenal. I think he's like 25 and, and 6. His goals against is, is insane. His his uh, save percentage is really, really, really mind, mind eye-popping. So, I think St. Louis is a team that's kind of sliding under the radar. But I hate that they're playing the Minnesota Wild in the first round. Like, I don't want to see those two teams play in the first round because... I feel like both of those teams probably deserve better than playing each other in the first round. And obviously, I I, I really like Calgary. Um, You know, I think well-coached team. They have pedigree. I think the addition of Tyler Toffoli is going to pay dividends for them in the playoffs. I think they're by far and away the best team in the Pacific. Um, I don't see Los Angeles or Edmonton really challenging them. That being said, they've kind of underachieved a bit the last few years. Now, I understand maybe, maybe different coaching staff, but... Still, that's a team and that's a core that maybe hasn't lived up to expectations. So I'm going to be real curious to see how they play, especially in their first round game, because they they don't know who they're playing yet. Could be Nashville, could be Dallas. Um, But I'll be honest, I, I, I think Calgary is a team that if they came out of the West, I would not be the least bit surprised. So we accept that the Colorado Avalanche are maybe on a different level than everybody else in the field. My question to you is Minnesota, St. Louis, Calgary, which of those three is the next best team in the Western Conference? I think Calgary. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, look, their first line is, is so good. Um, they could beat you in a variety of ways. I think they're good on the blue line. I think Markstrom is a really good goalie, and and I think, honestly, I mean, look, you've got a coach there who's won multiple Stanley Cups. You've got a guy on the bench in Colorado who's won none, and I think that's a factor. Yep. Uh, I, you know, and, and, and you know, you know as well as anybody how good that guy behind the bench is for Calgary. It's not just the, the X's and O's. It's not just getting his team ready to go and, and prepared to play. It's... Uh, it's the mind games in the media. It's it's the the no word left um, on the table without a, a reason. Like that's really what Daryl Sutter I think does better than any other coach in the league is every single comment is worth something and leads toward a a desired outcome and and that's that's going to be interesting to see as as kind of everything progresses. I you know I look at the potential and and we know that Minnesota is going to take on St. Louis like that is a matchup we know we know Edmonton is going to take on Los Angeles that is a matchup that we know uh, but I I think if there's one thing you're looking for and, and maybe I'm not maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm missing the boat here a little bit but I mean, how do you not root for the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames to get out of the first round? Like, how do you not root for a battle of Alberta here? Yeah, I mean, when we had Gene Principe on a couple of weeks ago, he talked about how long it's been since those two teams have played yeah. in the playoffs. But it seemed like they were playing all the time in the 80s. And, you know, th- those are two teams that I understand Calgary only won in the 80s. But those are teams that were competing for a Stanley Cup every single year. It seemed like from the mid after the Islanders dynasty on Edmonton won, what was it, six in that time frame, and Calgary won one. So, I mean, you're dealing with two teams that 
They're starved, starved for a Stanley Cup. And I think the province is, is starved for those two teams to be playing such high-stakes hockey. That being said, Ryan, I know I've told you, and I'm going to say it on the air, I think the Kings beat the Oilers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Like I, I don't know that I'm going to discount the L.A. Kings just yet. I, I think down the stretch, L.A. and Edmonton had some some games that were important for playoff seeding and standings, and, and the Oilers played really well against L.A., got those points, those big wins. But uh, give me give me a, a seven-game series there because I think it could get real interesting real quick. And I do think that even without Drew Doughty, there's enough with that Kings team, enough belief. And Phil Deneau, we know what he can do in terms of shutting down the opposition's best players. Uh, you give me Phil Deneau versus Connor McDavid straight up for seven games. I want to see all of that because I think it'll be real interesting. Now, well, it's not even that though. I, I I mean I think Jonathan Quick is a better goalie than Mike Smith. I would agree with that. Yeah, like and and it'll be interesting. Like I, I'm, you know what I'm, you know what I'm really rooting for in that series. Like both Quick and Smith to be good. Like I, yeah, yeah. And listen, I know. I know that, that I'm not a Mike Smith guy. I know that I've been very, very vocal about how I think the Edmonton Oilers should have um, upgraded their goaltending in, in any facet at all over the course of the last year and a half, two years. But the fact that Mike Smith has been on an absolute heater to end the season, I'm very much hopeful that he can keep it up because I don't want to see the Oilers undone because Mike Smith is not good. I want to see the Oilers either win or lose because they got the same num- the same quality goaltending they were getting down the stretch, and it's just a construction of the team that can't get it done. Like I think you learn more about the Oilers if Mike Smith is able to be good, and then you either get a different or the same results. Well, yeah, I mean, and and I mean, it it, it may sting a little bit when I bring it up, but fans here they should remember that very first playoff series that the Golden Knights played with the L.A. Kings. Yeah. The Kings only scored three goals in that series, but Vegas didn't exactly put a ton of goals in the net either. I mean, Jonathan Quick and Marc-Andre Fleury, that was what we signed up for in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I know Vegas swept them, but it very easily could have been a seven-game series with the way Jonathan Quick played. I think I'm with you. I want to see both goalies dialed in. I I, I like Mike Smith. I, I don't want to see him him struggle. I'd love to see this, this be a seven-game series, and I'd like to see like 3-2, 2-1 type games. Sure. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So let's shift uh, focus to the Eastern Conference, the, the the eight teams in the Eastern Conference. We've known about them since, what, like November? Yeah, basically um, since it's, Thanksgiving. It's one, two, three in the Atlantic, Florida, Toronto, and Tampa. One, two, three in the Metro currently is Carolina, New York, uh, the New York Rangers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then you've got the wild card one and two, Boston and Washington. Um, there, There's some... There's still some movement. Like not all the matchups are set in stone right now for for the Eastern Conference. But when you look at those eight teams, um, where are you leaning? Like, what? How many realistic possibilities do you do you do you see here in the Eastern Conference? Well, I think one team I'm going to eliminate right off the bat is the Washington Capitals. <laughs> Um, and, and, and here's the reason. A, I, I don't think they're a great team. I really don't trust their goaltending. But we have no idea how healthy Alexander Ovechkin's going to be sure. going into the playoffs. He's going to miss another game. By the way, how was that not a penalty called the other night? The goalie literally put his stick out and tripped Ovechkin. And know. he slams into the boards shoulder first. So we don't know how healthy he is. So even with him fully healthy, I don't like them. Another team I'm, I'm going to take out. I'm going to take out the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
They yeah. will not beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sorry, Toronto. It's just not happening. It, Tampa's just too good. I would be shocked if Toronto wins that series. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the Rangers are, are a, a live team here. Uh-huh. I, I, Jacob Truba is so good. Um, the, the addition of Andrew Kopp. Obviously, Igor Shosturkin has been phenomenal. Vesna yeah. Trophy winner, possible Hart Trophy winner. Um, you know, Artemi Panarin just seems to produce. I so, love I love Mika Zibanejad. I, I they're they're a good team. I I don't know if they're good enough to to come out of the East because something still tells me Ryan, the Tampa Bay Lightning are not going to go down quietly. <laughs> um, okay, so a couple things that that I think you hit on that are interesting. Now, the wild card situation is not set in stone just yet. The Pittsburgh Penguins are one point uh, ahead of the Washington Capitals. Uh, Pittsburgh has one game left. Washington has two games. So you could conceivably see Washington in the three spot, Pittsburgh in a wild card spot. There's a lot of stuff still kind of up in the air over the final couple of days of the regular season. But if it ends up being Washington in that second wild card spot against the Florida Panthers, that is the best case scenario for Florida. It is because the, the Capitals don't play defense, and they don't have great goaltending. And what do we know about the Florida Panthers? They score a ton of goals, and they're not really interested in playing differently. I think against Washington, they won't have to. If Pittsburgh falls into that spot, then all of a sudden I think that first-round matchup, even with Tristan Jari's injury, gets a little dicey for the Florida Panthers. I think Florida is hoping they get and That being said, um, I love the idea of New York and Pittsburgh. I think that would be really fun. Sidney Crosby versus Igor Shesterkin. Which one is going to come through? Which one's going to prevail? Hint, hint. Um, I know I don't. I know I said I don't bet against Sidney Crosby anymore. I'm going with Igor Shesterkin. And then, to me, um, you know, you're the Toronto Maple Leafs with 113 points, and you look at the way things break, and you've got to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ugh, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm with you. I, I don't think that you move off of the Lightning. I don't care where they're at in the seedings and the standings. Yeah, they were they, the third team in the in the division last year, too. They could have come in in the second wild card spot. I really don't care. I'm not going to bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning, not with Steven Stamkos breaking 100 points for the first time in his career, not with what's going on uh, with it with that Tampa Bay team. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I'm not going to bet against Andre Vasilevsky, and I'm certainly not going to bet on Jack Campbell more than I'm going to bet on Andre, bet against Andre Vasilevsky. So I don't see it for Toronto. Maybe you can convince yourself that you ended up losing to the, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Maybe that's something that, that kind of makes it sting a little bit less. Or maybe Toronto shocks the world, and this is exactly what they needed, and it was somebody other than Boston so they can figure it out. Well, I don't know. How, how fitting would it be for the Maple Leafs to somehow beat Tampa Bay and then lose in the next round. Oh, you're just rooting for chaos. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, as as and again, this is all mostly pre- preliminary. There are some matchups we know, some matchups we don't know, and you know, in the in the coming obviously by the time we are back on the air with the VGK Insider Show, there will be no Insider Show tomorrow. It'll be pre-game show for the Golden Knights final game of the regular season, but we'll be back on Monday and on Monday the NHL playoffs are set to begin. So we'll have full breakdowns of everything that's happening in the playoffs. We'll be taking you right up until the Stanley Cup final. Um, and then even a little bit beyond that, the draft and free agency uh, before there's you know the, the usual 
downtime at the end of the right at the end of the season in the NHL. So that has been the power play to the playoffs. The Golden Knights officially eliminated from playoff contention last night by virtue of a simultaneous result. Their loss in the shootout to the Chicago Blackhawks and Dallas Star and the Dallas Stars picking up a point in their game against the Arizona Coyotes. We're back with one timers next on the BGK Insider Show. That was the BGK Insider's Power Play to the Playoffs, brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas, here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Rolling right along. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday because we were only on the air for 25 minutes, but it is worth Mentioning here, Austin Matthews becomes the third player in the last 25 years to score 60 goals in a season, joining Alex Ovechkin and Steven Stamkos. Matthews also has 106 points on the year. The single greatest offensive season ever in Leafs history. So, Chris Chapman, because I love doing this (laughs) and I want to put you on the spot, is Austin Matthews the best player in Leafs history. Oh, wow. I'd have to go back and look throughout their history and, and see so, some of the names that have played so for I'm them. So gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna um, to throw you a bone here, okay? I mean, because that, it's, a, it's a history with a Listen, long, long... I'm going to throw, throw you a bone here. I'm going to make it real easy for you to say yes to this question. <laughs> Is Austin Matthews the best offensive player in Toronto Maple Leafs history? Uh, it seems yes. But like I said, <laughs> I'd have to go back and, and look throughout their history. I mean, yeah. Mike Gartner played for them, and Mike Gartner was really, really good. Yeah, um, I mean, like Doug Gilmore. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've had... Matt Sundin. Matt Sundin, yeah. I mean, so they've had some really, really good players. Uh-huh. I think I'd have to really look at the numbers and, and see... Um, He's certainly in the discussion. I'll put it that way. Okay. All right. I'm going to throw you another bone here. Okay. Is off is Austin Matthews the most offensively talented player in Leafs history? I think, yeah, he, he probably is. I mean, he's got such skill. Um, you know, it, he's really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I I'm, I don't have an issue saying yes to that. I mean, the guy's the guy's just a stud. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a winner he is, but he's a stud. I mean, and and let's be fair. The Leafs don't exactly have a ton of winners that have walked through that locker room since 1967. So I I, I don't think he stands out in that (laughs) regard as far as not being a guy who's won. But, yeah, I mean, he's certainly just super, super talented offensively. Just a really gifted player. Okay. Uh, Kind of in line with Austin Matthews. Um, What's more surprising, or maybe surprising is not the right word, but like what's more impressive to you? That right now in the NHL we have eight players with 100-plus points and three more within striking distance, or that there are four 50-plus goal scorers this year in the NHL? I'm going to say the, the 50-plus goal scorers mm-hmm. um, because I'll take the words from, from Pete DeBoer when he says it's really hard to score goals in the NHL. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll, I'll kind of use something 
that that you've used for discounting Jonathan Huberdeau a little bit. Yep. And secondary assists. Yep. Of all those guys with 100 points, if we took secondary assists away from them, I wonder how many they would have. I mean, I'm not going to go through the list and say, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy, but you put the puck in the net. That's really impressive. It doesn't matter how many assists there are on the play. You're still the guy who's putting the puck in the net. And the goalies today are so good that I think scoring goals is such a such a cool thing. And it's, it's, it's what we pay for, right? When you go to a game, you pay to watch a guy score goals, not get secondary assists. So for me, the, the, the four guys with 50 goals is, is really impressive. And if you really want to ask what Calgary's done with all those guys with 40 goals, I, I, I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, it, it, it's truly impressive when, when guys are able to score at will the way some of the guys in the Calgary Flames have. Um, you know, you, you look at their numbers, and they've got, I think, at least three guys with 40, and they've got a couple more guys with striking distance. I'm sorry, they have two guys with 40 goals, and then they have a couple of other guys with 35 and 39. So they're they're on the doorstep of having three players with 40 goals. Super, super impressive. So I'm always going to go with the goal scorers as opposed to the guy who who um, gets a secondary assist. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like I said, the Calgary Flames, two guys with 40 goals, two guys at 35 and 39. To me, that's super, super impressive. Yep. After that, it falls off a little bit. But Dylan Dubé has 18. And if you look at that compared to some of the other teams around the league, a guy with 18 goals, that's that's pretty impressive for some for some teams. So, yeah, I, I want goal scorers. I don't want secondary assists. All right. Dustin Brown, two-time Stanley Cup champion will retire after the 2022 NHL playoffs. Brown spent his entire 18-year career with the Los Angeles Kings, the only U.S.-born player to captain a team to two Stanley Cup championships. 712 points, sits seventh all-time in franchise history, point production. Um, I will say this about Dustin Brown. In 2012 and 2014, he set the tone for the change in the Los Angeles Kings. He was the guy that went out and steamrolled Henrik Sedin and single-handedly was influential in all the big wins for the Los Angeles Kings. That team was an absolute wagon. They were phenomenal. They squeaked into the playoffs as an eight seed, but I'm telling you, they were not an eight seed. They gelled at the right time. Everything came together, and it was all led by Dustin Brown. And you could tell during that run he was the right man for the job at the time. You could tell that he was the only that he was the choice to be the leader to, to take that team to new heights, and he did it. And you know what? For for a guy that that has done and and meant so much to that organization uh, for a period of time, it did not appear it did not seem like dustin was going to be able to play out his contract or play it out with the los angeles kings i think for me the most fitting end is that dustin gets to play his final game with with los angeles and that he was able to play out that contract and and do it admirably down the stretch so uh, have yourself a a phenomenal rest of of the way dustin brown you had a great nhl career and Chapman, if you've got anything more on Dustin yeah, Brown, go I for mean, it. Yeah, I mean, look, you want to know how good he was? 
he scored more goals in a Los Angeles Kings uniform than Wayne Gretzky did. So, um, you know, that that right there. 18 seasons to do it. Well, so. it doesn't matter. I mean, look, when, when you look at all-time leading goal scorers, you don't really care if they do it, you know, over the course of, of as many seasons as Brown has or in as few seasons as Gretzky has. He can say he's better than Wayne Gretzky at something, and it's scoring more goals as a member of the LA Kings. Look, he's seventh all-time on their scoring, all-time games leader. I mean, when you look at their their all-time points leaders, they've got some really impressive names on there. Obviously, Luke Robitaille, Kopitar, another name on there. Bernie Nichols, another really, really good player for them. So, yeah, I mean, he's certainly a legend, Hall of Fame player, um, and, and it's pretty cool that he got to play his entire career in one city. I mean, not a lot of guys have that luxury, and, and I think there was a time where we kind of laughed at, oh, my God, the Kings have both Jeff Carter and Dustin Brown under contract for such and such a year. And, and look, Brown is, is still a pretty good player. So kudos so, to him. You said you said Hall of Famer. You think so? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, you, you mentioned it. Captain, two-time winner of the Stanley Cup. Um, he, he's got, what, 700 points? I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, I, I think the two-time Stanley Cup champ and the captain of a two-time Stanley Cup winning team, I think that, that he may not be a first ballot guy. Yeah. But I think eventually he'll get in. I'm gonna have to do some digging. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, I'm not there yet. I, I think he did it when it mattered, right? And like, even if he isn't a Hall of Famer, um, it doesn't matter. He's the first, and he's the first Los Angeles King to ever touch the Stanley Cup. Like that is something you'll never ever take away. Uh, and then you know, I, I think. Certainly, he's going to have his his number retired by the Los Angeles Kings. I think every every piece of that team, the core, like Jonathan Quick, that number will be retired. Uh, Drew Doughty, that number when he hangs him up will be retired. Andre Kopitar, that number will be retired. Those four are going to be forever linked in that situation. There, um, I'm not sure that I'm there on Hall of Fame, but uh, I mean, just an absolute gem of a career from Dustin Brown. Uh, here's one that I want to finish off on today, and it's interesting because I know that it seems really tough if you're a Golden Knights fan today and the team has been eliminated from playoff contention for the first time in franchise history. I get it. I, I do. It's, it's hard. It, it sucks. But it could be worse. Okay? It could be worse. You could be the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens have gone from runner-up to the Stanley Cup, to worst place within 10 months. The Montreal Canadiens locked up the last place finish this year with a loss yesterday. So the Canadiens went from losing an opportunity at winning a Stanley Cup to, frankly, losing a whole heck of a lot this year, and they are the worst place team this year it could always be worse. What does that say about the Montreal Canadiens, Chapman? It says that they probably should have been smoked by the Golden Knights last year. I was it, trying to make people feel better, Chapman. Well, what are you doing? All right. You're, I mean, you're, look, it's you're it's, not it's, understanding the assignment. I, here. I, 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 I speak for the fans, right? So, uh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, it, it's pretty funny. They're the they're the they're the first team to ever finish thirty second in the history of the NHL. So I, I think that's pretty comical. You know what's pretty wild? The three teams that were in the final four, or there's three teams that were in the final four last year. Yeah. Only one of them, or I'm sorry, of the four teams that made the final four last year, only one of them made the playoffs this year. Uh, 
it could be worse. You could be Montreal. You could have gone to the Stanley Cup final and been within striking distance of raising a cup. The only thing, the only thing that would have made this better is if the Montreal Canadiens would have somehow beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning and won the Stanley Cup and then followed it up with finishing dead last in the NHL. Like, to me, that would have been the greatest thing. You've heard from worst to first. Yeah. Well, how about going from first to worst? Because yeah. that's exactly what would have happened. It, it, like, I'm with you. The the chaos that would have happened, like, what would have been, what would have been more astronomical for the NHL if the Golden Knights year one would have won the Stanley Cup? Or if the Montreal Canadiens last season would have won the Stanley Cup and then followed up, followed it up with a last place finish, like which one would have been more interesting, surprising, damaging? Like which which one? Would well, it have I, been? I, I think I still think the Golden Knights had they won, I think that would have been more interesting, more more surprising. Yeah, uh, because I think a lot of people would look at Montreal last year and say, yeah, they got really lucky that that uh, Winnipeg had had a player completely take someone out. To, to basically take themselves out of that series. There was a lot of luck involved with Montreal making the Stanley Cup last year. Yeah. Um, none other than than well, a gaffe by a goalie who's no longer on this team. Um, just a ton of luck to get there. They probably, if they play that playoffs again 10 times, there's I, I would say 9.9 .9 out of 10 times the Montreal Canadiens don't make the Stanley Cup final. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with Vegas making the and winning the Stanley Cup year one would have been super super interesting, a lot more intriguing, and I think a lot more fun. Those are your one timers for Thursday, April twenty eighth. Brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fees. We're back to finish it off. Catching up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan, I think I'm going to walk back my Dustin Brown Hall of Fame comment. Hall of very good, yes, but Hall of Fame, no. Only one 30-goal season in his career, only one 60-point season. I take that back, two 60-point seasons in Brown's career. Guy who obviously could get it done in the clutch, but, uh, yeah, regular season numbers, I don't think they're up up to par with a Hall of Fame player. It would be interesting to see uh, how, how far those two Stanley Cup, how far they go. But, yeah, regu regular Chapman. season numbers, I, I'm, I'm not sure he's there. Chapman, as much as I want to agree with you, I, I, I can't. Like, Dustin Brown's probably not going to the Hall of Fame, but it doesn't really matter because he won two Stanley Cups. That's, that's really why you play the game, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, exactly. these guys will always tell you their individual stats, yeah, great, but Winning and, and being part of the team are what's more important to almost every single player I've ever spoken to. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, look, the guy's, the guy's got two cups. There's a lot of guys who play the game and don't even get one. So it, it's impressive. And, you know, guys had a great career. But, yeah, I, I'll walk back the Hall of Fame comments. I think Hall of very good, Hall of clutch, <laughs> Hall of being the first American guy to, to, to raise the cup twice as a captain. Yeah. that That's good enough, I think. Yeah, and, and the 11-12 run, 20 points in 20 playoff games. We don't want to talk about that, yeah. Just phenomenal. Like, well done. Congratulations. Heck of a career, Dustin Brown. Pre-game show will start at 4 o'clock tomorrow. We will catch you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.